Yo, good morning from the backyard. All love this time of year. First podcast uh, recorded outside of the year. And I love anybody who's been following me for a long time knows my favorite thing to do is wake up on a Sunday morning, come get a cup of coffee and come right out here and sit in my backyard and record under a blue sky. It's warm at 630 in the morning. I mean, I wouldn't say warm, but remember, I'm a fat guy. So for me, anything over 60 is warm. So I think it's like low 60s right now, but it's perfect. Perfect. I'm looking over the garden that we just built yesterday. My wife and I, finally, we did family gardening day. We do this every year. In the uh, mid to late spring, where we go to Country Max, we acquire a whole bunch of stuff, and we make our gardens. I do my veggie garden, she does flower garden, we mulch, etc., etc. And uh, usually we do it earlier. We're usually on the lookout for that last frost, which this year was kind of late, and it was highly publicized because it happened on that, remember the PGA, that Thursday of the PGA. So as I sit here on, what is today, Sunday? It was only... 10 days ago that we had our last frost i bet plenty of people in fact i know the wineries suffered big time they lost a ton of crop but i bet a lot of people planted a little early we got lucky this year maybe by waiting a little bit (coughs) excuse me (coughs) later than normal so uh, what did i plant oh thank you for asking uh basil eggplant sweet peppers Two different types of tomatoes, which for me is, I've been experimenting a couple of years now with this. I've always only planted Roma tomatoes. Last year, I planted Roma and cherry tomatoes. This year, I'm planting Roma and beefsteak tomatoes. I like the slicer tomatoes for the salads and the sandwiches. So we'll give that a try. And then I have garlic that was planted last uh, July, which is, um, excuse me, last October, which is getting ready to come up this July which I'm looking at right now, which is in great, good, healthy shape. My wife got a bunch of flowers. We mulched. It looks beautiful. I told you about the Kwanzaa blossoming uh, cherry tree that we got for Mother's Day. So that's looking great in the yard and really just perfect, really perfect back here. Um, today, a lot of work stuff to talk about, some personal stuff as well. We'll start with the work stuff. This one kind of kind of uh, encompasses both work and uh, play, I guess, and that is that on Tuesday at our Rochester Rotary Tuesday luncheon, we had a special luncheon and we went on the road. We went to Dinosaur Barbecue, and this was my idea. I'm on the program committee, so I get to have some say in our programs and even plan them sometimes. And so this one was all me. We planned out doing a uh, lunch at Dinosaur Barbecue. They have an, if anybody doesn't know, they have a private room upstairs, and. We interviewed, I should say, I interviewed John Stage, the founder of Dinosaur Barbecue, was there, and he allowed me to to talk to him. And you may remember, again, depending on how long you followed me, that Wham 1180 Food and Wine Show, which I did and loved doing. And really, again, I'll say this as many times as I can. When I left radio, I offered to continue to do that show for absolutely free just because of how much I loved it, and they just didn't answer me (laughs) i was just dead to them at that point you know a whole four hours after i resigned (laughs) i was already dead to them but anyway um i interviewed john stage back in 2017 18 something like that he was one of the best interviews because i love a good come from behind story nobody likes a story where you're just off to the races where somebody just like is an overnight success what you want to see is you want to see stories about people who had to constantly defeat uh, come from the depths of failure right defeat the demons and 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 just this john stage did that he really did that and it's because of my overall premise that i think i think 
I don't know if everyone understands how hard, how difficult it is to be successful. And furthermore, to take that another step, I don't know how commonly understood it is just how much failure is required to become successful. And John Stage is a good example of that. He's a young man, grows up in an Italian household, ends up in prison, spends three years, as he calls it, on vacation, working in the mess hall, really takes a liking to it, and ends up working in the officer's mess hall eventually because he's so good at it, gets out, becomes a biker. He's going around doing these biker events and realizes the food sucks at biker events. So he gets himself, actually I shouldn't say gets himself, makes himself a grill out of a 55-gallon barrel and a grate, lights a fire in it, and starts doing steak sandwiches and Italian sausages just so they'd have something other than hamburgers and hot dogs at these biker events. And that was the beginning of Dinosaur Barbecue. That took off, and he became kind of a carny. He was going around doing festivals and carnivals and things like that, and eventually bought a spot in Syracuse. And then that, and then you might say, well, then he was, then it was success, right? No, no. He told us in this interview that for the first two years of Dinosaur Barbecue Syracuse, he could have closed the doors at any time and it would have made complete sense because they just were, they were fledgling. He didn't have a liquor license. He wasn't allowed to have a liquor license because of his past, right? And uh, eventually two years in, finally he gets the liquor license and now he now he's off to the races. But it was sticking through that two years of what are we doing? Why don't we just close the doors? It would make a lot more sense. That I just think is such a great part of the story. Well, that and honestly, the 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 uh, the three year vacation, right? Those both of those things. So it, I loved loved being able to help him share that story to our Rotary group at uh, Dinosaur Barbecue. Just such a fantastic, fantastic story. Such a good story. So work-wise, that was one thing I thought was interesting. I love being around people like him. Um, of course, Dinosaur Barbecue is a very popular condiment, and you might be thinking, well, Polly, you make sauces. He makes sauces. Have you ever talked to him about making his Not. I'll be honest with you. No, I haven't. That's not the kind of salesperson I am. I am a relationship builder. I am the type of person who enjoys getting to know people and genuinely taking an interest in them. I don't have a lot of skill in life. People who know me well will tell you I'm not particularly good at much. But one thing I do do naturally that is different than most people is that I actually am interested in other people as opposed to just wanting to talk about myself. So when I am around other people, I love talking to them about their life story. I'm genuinely interested. And I have a pretty good memory regarding people's life stories. And I don't know. That's that's the beginnings of relationship building. Eventually, it does usually come around to them asking me a little bit about myself as well. And then we just stay in touch. I know what they like. Right, I get to know people. I have real friendships. And eventually later in life, maybe it comes to fruition. And that's how I feel about John. Maybe one day later in life, it comes to fruition. Dinosaur needs a new bottling place. But for right now, they bottle at Private Label on Lyle Avenue. Frankly, that's where I used to bottle before I was a bottler. I think they're great. And, uh, and I have no qualms about that. And I've never tried to poach them once. <clears throat> Despite the fact uh, that I know them. So, it's just not the kind of guy I am. Anyway... While we're talking about work and bottling things, let's talk about this. I know I've mentioned this before, but we're getting really close to being able to finally unveil this. And that is that Craft Cannery is going to have its own line of condiments coming out soon. 
And I've been working for probably at least the last six months, even a little longer than that in some cases, on a bunch of recipes that would be proprietary to craft cannery. And um, some really, really good, some home runs, some failures, you know, some maybe a single or double at best, but a couple of home runs in there for sure. And we, this is really, really cool to me because God knows how how I would have ever gotten this kind of access without my wonderful business partner, Tom, who, as you may or may not know, he used to work for, was employee number, I think it's 15 or maybe 12 at a little company called Vitamin Water. And as one of the early people at Vitamin Water, he was part of a, a marketing team that uh, had to brand vitamin water and take it from being this small little business into a big national international company. And when they did that, they engaged a marketing agency and the agency that they engaged had this guy named Eric Rojas, who was on the account for vitamin water and saw it go from, you know, local to multi-billion dollar company. And now, and that was a big enough success for him that now he owns his own marketing company called oh gosh wait a second what is it called six to one i think it's called six to one i think it's called six to one or something like that but it's in new york and having access to this advertising agency is just beyond my wildest dreams because i got to for once be the client in a creative situation and these guys came up with some branding for craft cannery brands so just to kind of go a little side note as to why. Why Craft Cannery Brands? It's this. When we did Grow New York last November, something that I think we knew but was brought really to light for us was that while we are a very successful manufacturing company and things are going great from a manufacturing standpoint, and that's great and wonderful and congratulations and all that, we didn't really own a whole lot of intellectual property. So in manufacturing, how much your business is worth a lot of times just comes down to your book of business and maybe your assets. In Where you can really see a return if you were to sell your business one day would be intellectual property. What do we actually own? So we immediately got Guglielmo Sauce under the Craft Cannery umbrella. We acquired another brand called Salsa Cuse out of Syracuse, a really popular salsa brand over there. But again, two local brands, right? Guglielmo is really local to Rochester. Salsa Cuse really local to Syracuse. And we've been thinking for a long time, and of course more brand acquisition is possible, but we've been thinking for a long time, we need our own brand. We need something just starting from scratch. And... We engaged this company, this six to one, who has come up with a concept that I can't share with you yet, but I'm getting close to being able to, and I'm so excited, that I think is just perfect. I mean, the presentation of this brand that they made to us, that that we've created, basically just using some brainstorming that we all did together. They had me do an email at one point where I just did some word vomit, which is word vomit just means I just wrote a bunch of words down that I think pertain to us. Um, You know, things like slow slow kettle cooked, uh, small batch, you know, um, by hand, handmade, handcrafted, like that kind of stuff. You just write like a thousand different phrases that you can think of that pertain to your business, you know, fresh herbs, um, uh, like grandma did it, you know, (laughs) like all those kind of things the right way, uh, stuff like that. You just, you just word vomit 
and you set the clock for 10 minutes and you write as much as you can in 10 minutes. And then they read through those words and they essentially sort of filter them all together and and create a brand out of it. And they did. And I can't. No, I can't. I can't share with you what it is yet. But I can soon. I can very soon. I think it's probably anywhere from a month to a month to two or three months away from me being able to share with you exactly what this is. I I think no doubt by the end of the summer, this is going to be something that I'm going to have in hand and able to actually share with you. And I cannot wait because it's going so well and being and having access. I mean, being on a call with Tom Riggio from the vitamin water (laughs) executive team and Eric Rojas, the marketing guy who, who brought vitamin water to life and me, me, what? Like what? I belong on this call. So freaking cool. Just honestly, sometimes I do look back. I go, man, living the dream, man, living the dream. Oh, what else I want to talk about? Okay. I have a question for you. This is an AITO. You ever heard of this? AITO. This is called Am I the Asshole? I have, wait, A-I-T-A. No, I'm sorry. I got it wrong. It's A-I-T-A. <laughs> A-I-T-A. Oh, God. Am I the Asshole? Okay, am I the asshole? Here's the question. If, oh God, this is such an uncomfortable thing for me to add. You know what? I'm trying to reconsider. Maybe I should reconsider even sharing this with you. Okay, no, no, no. I think you can probably relate to this. I think you can probably relate. Or try to put yourself in my shoes and relate. And and tell me again if I'm the asshole. Because if your if your feedback is that I am the asshole, I will take that feedback. When somebody shows up at your door, and, and I, I should preface, I'm talking business, not personal. So not at home. I'm talking about at your business. When somebody shows up at your door, and I'm talking about literally shows up at your door, rings the doorbell. When somebody literally shows up at your door without an appointment... What do you do? What do you do? This is why I ask him, am I the asshole? Do you put everything aside? Here's a human being on the other side of that door who has taken time out of their day to come here. And who am I to be disrespectful to this person? Do you tell them, I'm sorry, you don't have an appointment, go away? Or do you go somewhere in the middle? And I've been doing this thing recently that even I find annoying because this happens a lot. And it's distracting, and quite frankly, it takes me off my game and sometimes can distract me from doing things that are far more important that I need to be doing to grow my business. And instead, I'm stuck with this unannounced appointment, right? So I don't do either one of those things. I don't set everything aside, and I don't tell them, I'm sorry, go away. I go somewhere in the middle. I go passive-aggressive. And passive-aggressiveness, to me, annoys me. So when I'm being passive-aggressive... I annoy myself, but here's what I do. When somebody shows up at the door and says, hey, just hoping for, you know, uh, just hoping to talk to you about such and such, I typically, passive-aggressively, admittedly, annoyingly, will say something like, oh, I'm, I, didn't, I didn't realize we had an appointment at this time. And they'll say, oh, no, 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 we, we didn't. I'm just, uh, yeah, no, I'm just here on my own, on my own uh, volition. Uh, I was hoping to talk to you. And I'll go, oh, uh, and I just kind of like act confused. I know it's really annoying. I want to punch myself when I do this. I'll just kind of act a little confused and be like, oh, um, well, I, uh, I guess, yeah, I guess two quick minutes wouldn't hurt. I, I, you know, obviously I've 
got other things going. And then I just kind of stand in the doorway with them and don't let them in. But I say, yeah, go ahead. What, what did you want to talk about? Am I the asshole? Am I the asshole? Am I such a, a wimp that I can't just pick one and invite them in or tell them to go away? Or am I doing it right by kind of passive-aggressively letting them know they need an appointment to show up here? I don't know. I would love to know. Am I the asshole? That's all. Thank you. Okay. Next. Sorry, I'm rushing because I can hear my wife and my son right over my shoulder getting ready to go to grandma's for breakfast. Oh, what else? Um, oh, two quick things I wanted to talk about. So this week is a, is a very um, nostalgic, not nostalgic, what should I say, bittersweet week because my son is graduating from nursery school this week on Wednesday morning. And that is really cute and adorable, but also kind of sad because, like, how is nursery school already over? And then he goes to pre-K next year, which I guess is preschool, and then after that, kindergarten, which also occurs to me the ridiculousness of what it's like these days because this child will literally graduate three years in a row from nursery school, next year preschool, and the year after that, kindergarten. So, <laughs> so I do recognize that that's a little bit ridiculous, but nonetheless, I am so looking forward to this. It's going to be so cute. Family's coming in from out of town. We're going out to lunch after. It's going to be great. It's going to be so, so great. Um, that So I wanted to talk about that, but then also I wanted to uh, talk about uh, what, how excited I am for Memorial Day weekend for tonight being Sunday night. I have three series finales to watch tonight, and I do not get to watch a ton of television, so I am very excited to just sit on my ass and watch TV tonight. So there's three things. So first of all, one that's already out, came out on Friday, but I'm staying spoiler-free, is The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel series finale aired on Friday, and I'm going to watch that tonight. Uh, And again, I'm saying series finale, not season finale. These are series finales. So Marvelous Mrs. Maisel, one. I'm going to try and watch tonight. I'm trying to schedule this on. Like, I want to watch that at like 8 o'clock. Because then at 9 o'clock on HBO, Succession series finale. And then at 10 o'clock on HBO, Barry series finale. So real quick through each one, two quick minutes. So Mrs. Maisel, the series finale, they've already kind of tipped their head a bit as to what I think is going to happen here. And again, spoiler alert on all three of these things. If you're not caught up to the exact moment I am, I've seen every episode of every one of these shows except for, obviously, tonight's episode. So I'm going full in on on spoilers here. So with Mrs. Maisel, I'll do like 60 seconds on each show. Mrs. Maisel, I feel like we've already tipped our hat a little bit. The big question is, who does Mrs. Maisel end up in love with, like married to and with forever? Uh, but they've already tipped their hat that Mrs. Maisel turns out to be one of the greatest you know, female icon comedians of all time. They've been showing us that all season. So we know that she's headed to a career of, of you know, A-list, triple A-list superstardom, right? But the big question is, where does her personal life go? And you've got a couple of options out there. You've got Joe Maisel, right, her first husband. We've got uh, uh, Lenny Bruce, right, in L.A., who's moved to L.A. at the beginning of this season, the comedian who she's had a connection with this whole time. Uh, and then we have uh, Gordon Ford, the talk show host, the, the Johnny Carson or Jimmy Fallon, if you will, of the day, who she's kind of got a little bit of a spark going with here. And we also have gotten some hints that she's been married like three times. I think that's come out in some of our flash forwards that we've had this season. Uh, but my my... Theory is that she is in love with Joe Maisel, who's in prison, went down for for protecting her from the mafia, for one. For two, I think that she is flirting around with or playing around with Lenny Bruce. 
So I think that because Joe's in prison, and we've seen that in the flash forwards, that she is staying close to him and will probably live with him when he gets out of prison. And on the other side, she's probably actively dating Lenny Bruce. That's where I'm going with that. And career-wise, I think, you know, again, I feel like that's already been kind of said. And I bet you in the series finale, we see something that's a little bit more modern. Like, um, I think it would be really cool if, if the series finale even ended in modern times. Because in theory, if I did my math correctly, she would be in like her early 90s if she was alive in 2023, Mrs. Maisel. And it would be really cool if they flash forward to now, 2023, just for a scene or two. And, and maybe she she's, you know just been given a walk on the hall of uh, the walk of fame or something or inducted into something. I don't know. But if we got to hear from her as like a little old lady, that would be really sweet. Okay. Succession. This is the big one. Succession's a tough one because it's who's going to run the company. I mean, it's been pointing towards Kendall all season long and succession tends to deal a little bit more with reality of what would actually happen in a situation like this. And you got to think about who's making these decisions And I think everybody's kind of rooting for Shiv to eventually take over. But I actually think the thing that's going to happen in the series finale is that it's all going to go down. They're all going to get in big trouble. I I think this is kind of a risk. Everyone just kind of assumes that this thing is going to end in... um, in uh, you know somebody being chose the successor and moving on, that will happen for sure. But it's going to be someone we don't expect, like Tom or Greg or Jerry or you know what I mean. It's going to be someone we don't expect. Thus, the children, Kendall and and um, Roman and Shiv, are all I think are in trouble tonight. I think that there's going to be some sort of a surprise last minute prison situation because of the way they manipulated the Logan tape to get their stock price back up, right? There's that. That was a big deal. Uh, There's the fact that Kendall literally killed a guy once and never got in trouble for that, right? There's that. Um, And there's a handful of other things that these guys have done. Oh, what about manipulating the stock price this season? They've done it a million times. The whole season's been about manipulating the stock price behind the scenes without anybody realizing what they're doing. I I just think they're going to go down for it. I do. And I think think that Lucas Matson also is going to go down for something. Same deal. I think it's just a bunch of kids who are going to get in trouble for uh, cheating, basically, tonight. And then at the end, we'll see a successor. And Cousin Greg I, makes sense to me. Or Tom, again, maybe. <laughs> and then the Barry series finale. We've got our final showdown. Barry's going to go and see the guy who has kidnapped his wife and child, uh, Noho Hank. Will we get a final shootout? Will people die tonight? You know, I actually think something about this series that's just been, speaking of reality, this one's never really been based in reality. I actually think we're going to see Barry survive with Sally and their child. And I think that they're going to, that Noho, Noho Hank probably dies tonight. I do. I think Noho Hank goes down. Um, I don't know the names in the show, but the guy also who trained Barry, I think he goes down tonight. Uh, and finally, the guy who, uh, is the father of Janice, who Barry killed. I think he goes down tonight, too. I think Barry reigns supreme. I think the bad guy wins tonight, the anti-hero, if you will. And uh, maybe we see um, uh, the, the character Gene, Gene, win. Gene Cousinow also survives tonight. Those are my predictions. This is more of a, if you don't know, this is more of a who's going to kill who show. 
right? All three very different shows. You got a showbiz show, you got a business show, and you got a murder show. <laughs> so it's three completely different directions for tonight. But those are my predictions. Okay. All right. Thank you for listening. Thrown a little off my game being outside again for this podcast. So hopefully it was coherent. But I appreciate you listening, and we'll talk next week. All right.